morning, everyone. Good day of Shabbos Shruva. We uh, continue. We left off. Page 46 would be on the bottom. Six lines from the top. The question that he has is from this mission. The challenge is ruling that the law always follows we learn the Mishnah so we'll interpret according to the way Rashi learns it a city which has less than 600,000 Yidin in order to be considered a public city a public like the Yidin in the desert you have to have 600,000 so a city that had less than 600,000 and then it changed now it suddenly it grew, its population grew. And now it has 600,000. Myron is cool law. The law states when you make a native, you have to leave a little portion without a native to remind people the concept you're not allowed to carry. People growing up in cities in Israel, everyone carries. Children don't even know you're not allowed to carry. They come to visit in Brooklyn and they're all walking around carrying. Because <laughs> they, they don't even know there's such a concept you're not allowed to carry. So you have to leave a certain packet but if it started out as a city that's less than 600,000, and therefore there was no problem, you can make an native on the whole thing when it was less than 600,000. It's not a public, it's not a public area. So even if people forget, what do you care? It's not really, biblically, it's not a public area. You don't have to make such a city. So even when it grows in population, people, in people's mind, it's still a small city. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's okay, you can make an native for the whole entire city. But if it showed up, but if it started out as a city that had a large population, it had the six hundred thousand, and then then it it lost its population after all the riots, people ran away. You're not allowed to make an aid. What do you mean not to make an aid? You can only part of it. You have to leave a certain pocket. How can you make an aid if it if it became if it became a um, If it became a, uh, a, a, small a small city, no, if it was a public area, uh, you have to leave over a certain packet. Because just like when it was a rabbi, when it was a public area, when it was it had 600,000, you couldn't make a native and the entire thing. What do you mean? How can this? So for now also, in people's mind, it's, oh, it's still a big city, first impression. So therefore, you have to leave over a pocket. The question is, what do you mean? If it has 600,000 people, how could you make a native? What does a native help? If it's a public fear, if it's a biblically, you're not allowed to carry, that's why the native in Manhattan is very controversial. Who cares if you make a native or a native in Brooklyn? What does it help you to make a native? If it's, a biblic- if it's biblically, it's a public, uh, public uh, fear. Adiv doesn't help. An Adiv is only a rabbinic enactment for a rabbinic prohibition. It's a Carmelist. But if it's biblically a Shusayachid, putting up a string and putting up all these things, is not going to change it. You're not allowed to carry. So what do, you, what do you mean? Just How is it possible? So it could be it had 600,000 people, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't technically, it wasn't a Shusayachid for a technicality. Maybe the streets weren't 60 namas wide and they weren't 24 feet wide. For other technicalities, that doesn't make it. So practically, for te- for a technical reason, it's not considered a shusadavim. But it's a big city, and people are six hundred thousand people. So even if technically you could make a native, because technically it's not a public domain, it's only rabbinically prohibited. You can make a native. So just like when you made a native in a big city, 
you would need to leave over a place, of a spot uh, that, that, that doesn't have a native, to remind people of the concept of not carrying. So even when the population diminishes, uh, and it's less than 600,000, that remains because in people's mind it's a big city. So if you're going to make a native of the whole entire city, people are going to forget the whole concept you're not allowed to carry in the public domain. Now, how much do you have to leave over? Elam Kane, if you want to make a native of the whole city, outside the city, you have to make like a new city in Yehuda. You have to like a new settlement, she has for Hamishim de Yudim, 50 houses that are not part of the Eidim. David Abud, Sapin Abuda, Shimonim, no, you don't need that much. All you need is, we continue on the top of page 47a, Sholish Chatzedish, Shoshnei Batin. If you have two, three courtyards, and each courtyard has two houses, then, then and that's a packet enough to remind you. That that uh, that remind you not allowed to carry on Shabbos. I'm a Rav Chama Bar Guri. I'm a Rav. Halach Rav Shimon. The law follows Rav Shimon. Uman Paligla. But who's arguing? It's an argument between Rav Yehuda and Rav Shimon. Va'amret and Yudam and Sharshi said Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav Yechon. Rav Yehuda with Rav Shimon and Halach Rav Yehuda. Whenever there's an argument between Rav Yehuda and Rav Shimon, the law follows Rav Yehuda. So how can Rav say that the law follows Rav Shimon? That this packet only needs to be, it's enough if it's three courtyards of two houses. I go to my kushia. What's the question? The same answer we said before. If we, a psak was given, then, then whoever the psak follows. But if a psak wasn't given, so you should know a rule. This is the rule to follow. That Rabbi Hud and Rabbi Shimon, the law always follows Rabbi Shimon. But in this case, the law was given. So from there, it's not a question on this rule. Elam or did not from another mission. We learn how many aches base. Well, at least was a person has a home in the in the courtyard, but he left his house and he went for Shabbos. He went to visit somewhere else. He left town. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a non-Jew or Jew. Anyone who has a house in this courtyard, his home prohibits anyone else from carrying, even a non-Jew. A non-Jew, you have to acquire his property. You have to give him some money. You have to buy it. You know, like a, symbolically buy it. And Yisrael, you have to include him in the in the Erev. But if they left, and they, therefore you, they weren't part of the solution, so they're part of the, they're, they remain part of the problem. You don't say, well, they don't live there, they're not there present, they're not present to Shabbos, so maybe it shouldn't count. He says, It becomes also Lebnei Chatzeres. Why? Because he's not out of town. He's out of town. It's like an empty house. So it's not part of the equation. Rabbi Yaisi argues and says, no, 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 Yisrael ain't oiser. A non-Jew asks. A Jew doesn't ask. So why? Nation that Yisrael love it b'Shabbos. A non-Jew has no problems traveling. So even though he's left Shabbos, he can show up in the middle of Shabbos. Right. A Jew left town. He left town. So even though technically, you know, maybe he can, go, but he left town. He left town. So therefore, he's not going to show up on Shabbos. Therefore, he, he's not part of, part of the equation. But the non-Jew remains part of the equation. Rabshimon Eimer. Rabshimon argues. 
four-way argument. Not only if he left town, even if he moved out of his house and he went, he went for Shabbos to his daughter uh, around the corner. But it's in the same city. Why should Because he left, he moved in with his daughter. He's not coming back to Shabbos. Only his daughter, not his son. Mm-hmm. Because his son, his daughter-in-law can kick him out. Shabbos, you have to fight with him. <laughs> but his daughter, his daughter, you know, she rules the home. The bottom line is, the, the, the mother rules the home. So the daughter is not going to kick out her father, but the daughter-in-law, you know. law follows Rabbi Shimon. Who says, even if he's in the same town, if he left, if he left the house, he's not coming back. He went to his daughter. And 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 could have also asked Rabbi Yosi. The law follows Rabbi Yosi. He wants Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yosi and Rabbi Yehuda. So he says, my Same answer. Yeah, that he only means if the rule was never given. Here, the rule was given. But when the rule is never given, then you follow the, the general rule. The question we have is from this mission. It says if a person, Shabbos is coming, and he doesn't have any food with him. So, so he can he can make the Erev, he can make the place where it's considered the center, where he's resting on Shabbos. From there, he can go two thousand amas in any direction. He can do it with his feet. So, Mayor says it's only for a poor person who doesn't have any food, but a rich person has to put food down. It's not a strictness; he must make an Erev with bread with food. It's to make it easier for you that instead of going there in person, the rich person can ask someone a favor and can go for him and put the food down for him. But of course, if you go in person, that's ideal, that's the best for everyone. Even the rich person, it works. The son of Rav in front of his father Rav, and he said, that, that both can make an aid in person with his legs, walking there, being there present while Shabbos comes in. You should conclude that that's the, you should have also concluded that that's the law. It's not just you teaching him a teaching, but that is the halacha. That he says the law is like Rabbi Yehuda. That's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. So Tarti Lamaliu. How, why do I need twice? You already said, whenever there's an argument in Rabbi Huda. And Rabbi Shimon, we know the law is like Rabbi Huda. Well, why does he have to say it, the law is like Rabbi Huda? So I think, mother, my question, what's your question? This is a Rav speaking. Rav, you said in the Ramasharshi in the name of Rabbi Yechanan. What do you want from Rav's life? Rav doesn't have to accept that whole premise. So Rav has to tell him, you should know, say, you should have finished and concluded that this is the halacha. I can't take it for granted just because I'm using Rabbi Shimon and so what. I'm going to ask you a question from this. Now we learn the Mishnah, a Yavam widow, who lost her husband. How has that been approved anyways? I mean, Rav, I guess, unless we're like, Rav is a ton of them. I mean, what's the proof? 
No, why would he have to say? He says, what he said, Rav is telling is, told Rabchia, you should have concluded, and the law follows Rabbi Yehuda. Why would he have to conclude? It's a general rule. Everyone knows this rule. Whenever there's an argument in Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, the law follows Rabbi Yehuda. I mean, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir, the law follows Rabbi Yehuda. So we know the law is like Rabbi Yehuda. What do you have to spell it out? He says, make sure to spell out and say it. This is the law. That was his question of Rabbi Shashrei, that why do you say it? Yeah. But his question is that the cloud doesn't even apply. No, of course it applies. He's passing incorrectly. The law is like Rabbi Yehuda. Why does he have to say it? It's a, it's a general rule throughout the whole, the whole shots. Why over here? He says, please make sure to say it. Messiah, you should finish and say the law is, follows Rabbi Yehuda. Of course the law follows Rabbi Yehuda. It always follows Rabbi Yehuda. It goes without saying. So he says, firstly, Rav doesn't hold of the clothes. So Rav had to spell it out. But we'll ask you from this mission. We learned the mission in Yavamas. Ayyavam, his husband died childless. The first three months, she becomes a widow and her husband dies, she can't do a chalitza and she can't do a yibo. Why? Because maybe she'll get pregnant, maybe she's pregnant. You can't tell the first three months. So if she's pregnant, then, then she can't do a yibo. You're not allowed to do a yibo. Because uh, it's a brother-in-law. You lose your life if you marry a brother-in-law, even after the death of your husband. It's only if your child is, you have a mitzvah to do yibam. So you have to wait three months. Only three months. If there's no child, we don't see. She's not pregnant. Then, 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 then she's okay. Then she's obligated. A chalitza, also not. Why not a chalitza? What do you care? What's the problem? He says, a chalitza that you do when she's pregnant is not a good chalitza. Why not? What do you worry about? If she ends up having a child, so it's as if, so, 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 so nothing happened. I mean, and it's not it's nothing. If she ends up not having, if she ends up not having a child, so why? Yeah, why shouldn't it be a good chalitza? So the reason is because what if she ends up having a child and then and then the child doesn't make it to thirty days, the child dies. So then, then she would need. Um, she wouldn't need a, a chalit, right? No, so then also, if, if the child doesn't last, so then she can do another chalit. So what's the problem? The problem is in the country. Maybe the child will last. She did a chalit, and then she has a child, and the child lives. So the chalitza was nothing. Right. So she can marry a koyin. So they'll make an announcement and say that. that uh, uh, but people were there by the chalitza. Everyone heard about the chalitza. Everyone heard of chalitza. No one, not everyone was there by the announcement. So you're going to see, oh, a chalitza. I, I saw it with my own eyes. I was there in the basin when they made a chalitza. And I saw she married. I was there by the wedding. So a chalitza can marry a koyin. So that's why they said you can't make a chalitza. So you have to wait three oh, months. Nice. Three months. And then the Mishnah continues, Every woman, you shouldn't get married, she becomes a widow, don't marry, wait three months before you remarry. Don't marry within the three months of the death of your husband. Because over there, there could be other issues. Because maybe, let's say she gives birth a baby seven months, I'm not sure. Is it a short labor, a short pregnancy? So seven months, it's from the, from the second husband. Or maybe it's from the first husband. 
And it was the full nine months. No, seven months later after the death, she gives birth. I don't know if it's she carried it to term. And so, so who's the father? Who's the father? The big, the big uh, Firstly, who's going? Who is the child inherit? Child inherits from his father. But also there could be some provisions. What if the child, if this, if the brother, one of the brothers dies and leaves his wife and childless, so the brother has to be miyabim, the living brother. But is he a brother? Or is he not a brother? Now, there, he's definitely a half-brother because they have the same mother. But to do yibum, it has to be the brother from the father. And if you marry your, your sister-in-law from your, mother, from your brother's wife, from your mother, you get karis. So then you'll assume that he is, let's say, the son of the second one. And therefore, his, his brother, he'll, he'll think it's a full-fledged brother. And if his brother dies, he's going to marry his brother's wife. It could be that really he's, he's, a, he's a half a brother. He's real, his father is really the first husband. And therefore, he's not allowed to marry, marry his sister-in-law. And he gets karis. So, it's a, so therefore, wait three months, so then it's clear. Three months. If she doesn't see any sign of pregnancy, then she gets married. Then surely, it's from the second husband. There's no doubt, there's no question. Not only shouldn't he get married, you shouldn't even do a Kiddushin. The first stage of marriage. In the olden days, it was like a year apart. Today, we do it all together. Under the, but then, don't even do an Eidus. No, the rabbis went all the way. Don't get married, period. Any form of marriage. And it doesn't matter. She was a psula. So what's the problem? She was a, she's a virgin. You know for certain she's not pregnant. <laughs> In other words, maybe the husband died after she was Narusa. She never consummated the marriage. Doesn't matter. Wait three months. Echad Psulis, Echad Bulis, whether she's already consummated the marriage, Echad Ammonis, whether she's a widow, Echad Gerushis. Whether she's divorced or Ammonis, you wait three months. whether she was just betrothed, whether she was actually married, fully fledged married. That's the opinion of a Tanakam. Rabbi says, someone who's married, who was married, you could do an Edison, because you, you, you're not, you, yeah, you're not going to get pregnant, you're just doing a Kedushin, you can't live, you're not allowed to live with each other until you, until you do the Nesuyah. Varu says, but those who only were betrothed, who's only betrothed her husband, she never consummated the marriage, you're not sure. Why can't she marry? She can marry the next day. Chut, no. Chut, me arusa shabi yehuda, except arusa and yehuda. They should live a gospel. In yehuda, once they were betrothed, they, they would be together. So therefore, we suspect maybe they'll be intimate, even though they're not really allowed to be intimate till the chuppah. So therefore, you have to worry. Fine. So Adrusa should be Yehuda. Stay. Don't 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 get betrothed in, in Yehuda. You're not allowed in Judah. You're not allowed to get betrothed. You have to wait the three months. But everyone else outside of Yehuda, in Galil and and Shemron, you could immediately. Rabbi Yehi says. Rabbi Yehi argues. He argues on both of them. He argues on Rabbi Yehuda and he argues on the on the Tanakama. He says, Call All the women are only allowed to be me'aris. Even if they were married, you're allowed to be a because you're not consummating the marriage. 
but he so he argues on on Rabbi Yehuda, but he but he uh, 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 no I'm saying he argues he argues on the Tanakam, but he argues on Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda said that the women who were married, I'm saying the women who were Ma'uris are allowed to get married. The women who only betrothed that that Rabbi says no. If they were if they were betrothed, you're not allowed to get married. But you're allowed to you're allowed to, to do an edison chutz. The only one who's not allowed to do an edison now modern pnei a widow, you have to wait 30 days. She lost her husband, she's an Avelis. So you can't get married the 30 days of Avelis. It's not Simcha, you're an Avelis. How could you get married at Simcha? So you have to wait. Not three months, just 30 days. Yeah, only 30 days, that's it. Yeah, not three months. Not three months at all. 30 days. You shouldn't do an Edison. Edison's a big Simcha. So that's it. Other than that, there's no limit. You can, you can get betrothed. Don't, don't consummate the marriage till three yeah. months. But, but you know. Like a divorcee could get engaged right, right away. Right away. Not only is he not Navelish, actually, very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rabbi Loza went up to the base of Medrash, asking Rabbi Asri. Loyal Bay Medrash. He avoided the base of Medrash. He wasn't feeling well, whatever. He avoided it. He wasn't in the base of Medrash. Asked Rabbi Asri, he met Rabbi Asri. He was in the base of Medrash. Amalei Mayom or base Medrash. What did they learn? What did they teach in the base of Medrash? Amalei Hocham. Rabbi Echanan. Rabbi Echanan says, Aloha ke Rabbi Yesi. That the law follows Rabbi Yesi. That all women could get, even, even those who were married can do an Edison. But the women who are betrothed should not get married. They can only do an Edison, and only ex- except for a widow, because of availability to wait 30 days, not three months. Miklal, the Chida, Pligala. Is a proof that they argue on, 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 on Abiyasi. It says clearly um, that the Tanakama is not the Chacham, it's just the Yachid, and we're going because we were also brought to the Rabbi. The fact that we're saying like a Yachid, not the Tanakama, means the Tanakama is also only a Yachid. Only Yachid, because we don't uh, we don't follow the follow the Rabbi. Aha, Not a group, because if right, if the if the Tanakam was a rabbim, then Rabbi Echnan would have to rule according to the majority, not Rabbi Yesi. But since it's a yachid against a yachid, he said, therefore we follow Rabbi Yesi. In the Gemara says, yeah, it's true. To prove it, it is the opinion of an individual. Well, Tanya, we learn like this in the Baraisa, Hareish Hoisa the Rudufa Lelech if she always run to her father's house, even after she's married, she's always running to her father's house. She's not staying at home with her husband. She's angry at her husband. Her husband was older, sick. She was sick. She couldn't have children. She was older. She was too, too small to have a child. Island is like a ram, a male ram. She couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't have a child. She has signs. She has like a signs that she's of a male, a rough voice. She doesn't have breasts, you know, and she can't give birth. Or she or she took some uh, some uh, some medicine, whatever that uh, that makes her uh, infertile. Her husband was in prison. She couldn't have children. She couldn't be, become pregnant with him. 
Mapelus lachem Mrs. Baila. Or Mapelus lachem Mrs. Baila. Or Mapella, she she lost a child in miscarriage. Oh, after her husband died, she had a miscarriage. Obviously, if she's going to become pregnant again, we know for certain it's going to be from the new husband because she had a miscarriage after her husband died. Cool, in all these cases, the opinion of the Tanakhama that we made a general rule, a blanket rule. Under all circumstances, no matter what, you have to wait three months. This is Rabbeir's opinion. So we have a three-way argument. Rabbeir, Rabbeir, and Rabbeir. And we and Rabbeir said the law follows Rabbeir. Rabbeir, Rabbeir, Matila, others. Rabbeir, Galausli, others. Will he not say me on? But Rabbi says he can. No. So in these cases where it's impossible for her to get pregnant, or it's impossible for her to be the first husband, Abiezi says he can, he can get betrothed and married. Previously he says, you can only get betrothed, you can't get married, because then it's going to be a problem. But betrothed is not a problem. But in these cases, there's no possibility, so you're allowed to even get married immediately. So the question is, now we get to the question, so Lamali, so why does Rabbi Yechon have to tell me? The law follows Rabbi Yechonah. You yourself said, Rabbi Yechonah says the name of Rabbi Yechonah. That may have an abiesi, Allah can abiesi. The law always follows abiesi. The mother says, My question, what's your big question? Dilma, perhaps, Abiyechen had to make the statement, even though he already gave the general rule that we always follow whenever there's an argument between that mayor and Abihuda and Abihuda and Abihuda and Abihuda and follows Abiyesi, but he had to make that statement, La Fukim Dramachma Mashmuel, the Mulachi Kramay Vizayesa. To, to teach us that we don't follow Rav Nachman and Shmuel's teaching. It said, the law follows Rav Meir so That when Rav Meir is strict, because he makes a gzeda, we always follow Rav Meir with his gzedas, with his the, the decrees, with his uh, precautions. So you would think in this case, since it's a gzeda, Rav Meir is making a gzeda, we should follow him. This is like the exception, it's a gzeda. So he says, no. We also follow, that Rabbi Yechon had to declare that we, in this case also, we follow Rav Yechon, not Rav Meir. If I have a question from other time, from a Bryce, it says, you're allowed to go to the marketplace of non-Jews, and you're allowed to buy from them animals, servants, and maids, bought them homes, Sundays, fields, wine garden. In the case of you write it to my little in their court, even though that they set up their, their marketplaces, as a, in a time because it's associated with the pagan holidays with their idols so before a pagan holiday you're not allowed to do business with them because they're going to offer offering a thanksgiving they made such money they made so much money of you they made a fortune so they're going to, you're going to cause them to thank to worship idols to thank their gods Nevertheless, the rabbis allowed to buy slaves. 
Why? Because they're elevated. Now the slave becomes a, a non-Jewish slave, becomes like a convert. And with Kanaini, he's obligated in all the mitzvahs. Same thing as with a maid, because obligated in all the mitzvahs. So you become elevated. So do the animals are also, because now they become the property of a Jew. The animals are elevated. H- homes and fields and vineyards, because you're diminishing the holdings of a pagan trader. Or to add to the settlement of Eretz Yisrael. So all of, therefore the rabbis gave a special dispensation. You're allowed to do business even though it's associated with the pagan holiday. And you're allowed to go to the courts. Why are you allowed to go to the courts? You're going to cause them to thank that God, the Jews, recognizing us and recognizing our systems and paying respects to our systems. I'm going to thank their gods. But you have no choice. Otherwise, uh, you have to have it make it legal. Otherwise, uh, otherwise uh, your, your ownership will be questioned. And so to save it, you're allowed to. If he has a court case with a non-Jew, he's allowed to become impure outside the land of Israel. Meaning, because rabbinically, you're not allowed to go the land outside the land of Israel is impure. The ear is impure. A coin is not allowed to leave Israel to go to the outside the land of Israel. But the rabbis allowed him to save his money. I mean, he has a court what case with a non-Jew. It's a rabbinic tomb. Because we're worried that maybe they're not so careful. And so they're extremely careful. Yeah. Every bone, every body is buried properly. There, they can leave some bones uh, left around and therefore it can lead to impurities. So the rabbis say it's impure. And also, and also you can also go impure, pure, become impure by, by uh, going through a cemetery. To walk in a cemetery, that's biblical. You, you, you come in contact with the dead. That's true. that's biblical according to everyone. Ella bebeisa pras the rabbana bebeisa pras a former cemetery that was plowed. So we're worried maybe maybe the plow unearthed uh, part of the body, and one of the bones uh, came to the top, and and therefore you're going to step over the bone and become impure, touch it. So the whole thing is only rabbinic. So therefore, now and to allow him to go to court to save his money, you don't have to worry about. It. That's why Koyin is allowed to leave Israel, to, to go to marry a woman, to marry a, to find his wife, to study Torah. Oh, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Amos, I went, we give this him permission. This is only permission. Yeah. Koyin. Koyin. is allowed to leave Israel. Oh, not Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. I would Amos, I was mentioning it's a if he can't find, he can't learn it. So there's no yeshivas in Yisrael. It's a little bit, but if he there's yeshivas in Yisrael, lo yitame is not allowed to become impure. Rabbi Yisi says, af is mansion made a little bit nami yitame. Even if there's yeshivas in Yisrael, he also he also is allowed to uh, go into chutzlar even though he's going to become tame. Why? Because <coughs> person doesn't have the schus. You have to have the right teacher. Not everyone, not every teacher has the ability to teach, to communicate well. There are people who are very knowledgeable. You have to have have the right teacher. He went to the rabbi to sit and he left Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah because he couldn't, he had to find the right teacher that he connects with, that's able to communicate. 
That you're allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael even if they're yeshivas because you have to find the right teacher. And he said, you yourself said, Rabbi Yechanan said, the law always follows Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan answers, he had to tell me, I mean, I would think, when do we say this rule when there's an argument in the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah is very precise. Maybe they confused the names. I can't rely on it. They said Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Meir, maybe it was the exact opposite. Kamash Malani comes to teach me, and according to the Russian, that if I think it's, it's in all Braises, that this rule follows applicable not only to Mishnah, not only in this Braises, in this case, in all Braises, like you say, maybe in this Braises he says, you know, this case they got the names right, and therefore the law follows Rabbi Yezi. No, he's saying a rule, even the Braises, we can rely on the names. When they say a name, it's correct, and therefore we follow the rule that we always follow Rabbi Yezi. Oh, come And they clearly love Kamash Malani, Kamash Malani. He comes to teach me that it's okay. This is what Mishashi says. Hanikloli love the Rehakel Nino. The Rav Lesle Hanikloli. Like we said earlier. Yeah, that, that not everyone holds it. The Rav doesn't hold it. He's called him. That's why Rav said halacha, who it's like, because he doesn't hold the cloth. Right. But everyone else, but we, we do follow. No, so Rav Sharshi said, Rav Sharshi argued, Rav Yidi, but Rav... Rabbi Yaakov said the name Rabbi Echnon. Whenever I'm made, Rabbi Hudul falls, Rabbi Hudul, Rabbi Hudul, Rabbi Yis falls, Rabbi Yis. And I'm sure said we don't hold of this cloud. So, so we try to bring. Where does Rabbi Sharshia get this from? There's nowhere. There's no proof for this. So you have to say what Rabbi Sharshia or Rabbi Sharshia said his addition. His editing to what uh, what Rabbi Yaakov Rabbi says is don't say it's a rule that everyone agrees with. Rav doesn't agree with it, but you're right, not Rav. Rabbi Yechonon does hold of this rule. Okay. Rabbi Yehuda The objects of a non-Jew are not kainishvis. And whoever, whoever takes it in Shabbos, acquires it in Shabbos, can carry it wherever, wherever you're allowed to go, you can take it with you. So Laman, according to who are you making this statement? According to the rabbis that say, obviously, something that's odorless. You say that it has no shavisa, it doesn't have any center, and whoever gets it, it follows you. If it belongs to a non-Jew, it's not shy to the whole idea of Shabbos, surely there's no shavisa, and therefore whoever, whoever the Whoever, whichever Jew acquires it, it follows him. Well, what do you have to come to teach me? You have to say he's coming to tell me. When the 
Rabbi Yechimunuri hold that ownerless objects have its own shvisa and you're only allowed to take carry it 2,000 amas from its own position. How do you really have to have it only if it belongs to have It's ownerless. Let's libaylam has no owners. But if it belongs to a non Jew, no. Then, then, then it follows the Jew. It follows the Jew. Yeah, whoever takes ownership, it follows him. What amazed me, I'll ask you one second. So, why? What's the. Okay, the Gemara says, Mesve, I'll ask you a question. We learned the Brice of Shemalazim. Shemalazim said, If someone borrows a utensil from a non in the middle of a yant, if someone lends to a non his utensil to the non before yant, the non returns them in yant. And Naji says, One thing if he stored utensils. That were in the tomb of the city. So you can only carry them 2,000 amma from wherever they are, in every direction from where they are positioned. So in other words, they do require a Shabbos residence. Right. The only question is, earlier we learned by the rainwater, we learned that if this people in the city, if rain came before Shabbos and people in the city had a mine next to the city and people in the city had a mine, then it would have the same trum as the people in the city. You can take it 2,000 amas from anywhere in the city. Over here it seems to be saying that you have 2,000 amas from wherever the object is. It, it acquires its own position. Not like the people in the city. So either you learn that one place Tesis says over here it's the same thing. He means, he doesn't mean 2,000 amas from the position. He means from the city. Like it's part of the city since it's in the Trum. But the literal meaning is only 2,000 amas from its position. So, so you have to make a distinction that there they had a mind. People had a mind before Shabbos. Here, people, people didn't have a mind. You know, when Shabbos came in, it was in the, in the non-Jew's hand. Therefore, it has its own position and 2,000 amas from whichever position. But Nachri and Agoy, non-Jushevili, Pedis Mechuslit Chum, that brought him fruit from outside of your Chum, you can't move it. So, what do we see from this Braise? If you're going to tell me, if you're going to say that holds that ownerless objects acquire their own position. And so too, the same would be applied also to uh, uh, objects that are owned by a non-Jew. So therefore it makes sense as Bryce. Rabbi saying that the kalim of a non-Jew has its own shvisa and therefore you're only allowed to carry it from, which, from the position of this utensil. Ali Amrit, but if you're going to say, like you tried to say, that the previous statement of Huda Meshmuf is coming to teach me that even according to Rabbi Yechonin, who says that ownerless objects have the Shvisa, but if it belongs to a non Jew, so it means there's Hamani. So who does the price of hold? There's no opinion in the world that holds. He's saying there's no opinion in the world that holds that a, that the vessel of a non Jew acquires Shvisa, has, has its, own, its own residence, its own uh, position. 
Really, I'll tell you, you're right. From that bright, we see clearly objects of a non Jew to kind of according to Rabbi Yechon Benuri, just like odorless objects. But Shmuel, Shmuel is making a statement according to the rabbis. I, the comment, yes, what's he coming to teach me? Obviously, if ownerless objects doesn't have Shvisa, surely it belongs to a non Jew who's not trying the whole thing of Shabbos, surely it doesn't have Shvisa. No, it's not Pshit, it's not obvious. Why? Because I would think, it's easy to confuse. There's an owner, it's not ownerless. So if you're saying, if it's owned by a person, if it's owned by a person, um, if it's owned by a person, you're allowed to take it. Whoever acquires is allowed to take it. So I would think if it's owned by a Jew, the same thing. If I take the kalim, I get it from a Jew. Now it follows my wherever I can go, and not with the owner of a Jew. When a Jewish owner, it doesn't work that way. A Jewish owner, his, his utensils follow his trum, and you're limited to his trum. So I would confuse ownership with ownership. Kamash Malandi comes to teach me, no, we don't have to worry about the exeja. And it's ownerless, and, you can, and the one who acquires it can take and carry it wherever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. But Abnam and Rabbi Yechon and Chet. And he argues He says the objects of a non-Jew are kind of and you're not allowed to take it wherever wherever you can go. It has its own its own its own its own position, its own center. Why? Only rabbinically, because according to everyone, it's not really kind of not according to the rabbis, and not even according to, not even according to Rabbi Yechon Menuri. No, but here it's a rabbinic zedek zedek bailem l'nachri bailem l'israel. Exactly what we just said. That's exactly what we're worried about. So therefore, rabbinically, we say if you can allow him to say to acquire the one who acquires it can take it wherever he can go, then you're going to come to confuse it with with when it's owned by a Jew. So therefore, the rabbis say you're not only allowed to take it two thousand amas from whatever position it's in. These male sheep, also the city of Limabarchis, Shadalidava, was within the Tchum. They made a Tchum, they were able to come into the city from Mechuzah, the city of Mechuzah, Mechuzah of So he allowed them to buy it, to buy it, and to bring it home. Even though the Goyim brought it on Shabbos. In other words, it follows their Tchum. The Tchum. Whoever buys it, whoever acquires it. Because you're following Rabbi Dhamma Shmuel. Whoever acquires it, follows it. Since it's owned, if you're going to allow that, you're going to come to allow, even if you acquire from a Jew who owns it. So therefore, rabbinically it's prohibited. So when Rava heard this, he had he agreed. Hadamad Rava, then Rava changed his mind and he says, Only the city of Barchas allowed to carry it. Why? Since they brought it to the city of Barchas, so the whole city is called is considered like Daladamas. So they can carry it. But the people of Mechuzah, a different town, they can't bring home these sheep back home to, to their town. So this is really why, you're saying, because well, we said like a girl can't bring something out home for a year. 
really this is the, really would it be a problem? But it's because of this gezeira of yechan. This is really why it's not allowed to bring something from out of tchum into tchum. No, it says um, no. It didn't. So before many times that the guy brings something from out of tchum into tchum, could he, he use it on shabbos? Who says he brought it out of tchum? Well, that's how they explain here. That's all issue here. They brought them out of the home, into the home, and he says they're allowed to use it, right? This is why, why are you allowing them to use it? It came from out of the home. So they're saying, hell am I? Right, right, right. Yeah, they brought it out of the home and they hold chefs in hand. So is this the reason why if a guy brings something out of the home? Right, he said earlier, right, you, you, you can't move it. But, but, so t- but here, the city of uh, Marosa had a wall. Like I said earlier, when you carry you to a place, if there's a wall, we said Allah is like Rabbi Gamliel, you can carry carry anywhere in the walls. It must have been yeah, a walled city. Even, in other words, the only reason why in general an issue would be would only be because... Yeah. Um, so a wonderful Shabbos. Oh.